0: Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. start this thing. Best Video Kingdom. We are here. It is Tuesday, and we are talking about one of my favorite movies of all time. This is Zach, and I'm sitting here with my boy, Brad. Yo! And what up, Nate? Hello. Children of Men came out in 2006, starring Clive Owen. And man, Alfonso Cuaron just absolutely... Floors the shit out of me in this movie. I don't know. I mean, maybe somebody has it pulled up. I don't know how much money this this movie made. We'll look it up in a little bit. But it doesn't matter to me. I feel like this movie is shot for shot as good as anything that came out around that time, and it is just absolutely unreal. It builds tension. It makes you feel scared for for the future. It makes you feel bad for the characters. Um, you know, Clive Owen's character isn't great, but he's not like, uh, he's not a goody two shoes, but he's not like a terrible person either. He, uh, you know, kind of comes through when the, when the call comes to him. So I'm curious what you guys thought about this. Had you seen this movie, Brad? Is this one that you had seen previously?
1: I had not. And I I I typically like dystopian movies and I I had not seen this one and just, I I did give it a look and I, I'm I'm assuming on the 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 back end they did some some decent money, but they didn't. 76 million budget, 70 million yeah. worldwide. That sounds about oh, right.
0: yeah yeah yeah. So so they they lost money at the box office. But it, I think that for like movie people, and I don't consider myself a movie people. I don't, I don't, I'm not a movie people but for me i know
1: movie people
0: but for me <laughs> i think this movie is masterfully done and i think that people appreciate it but i don't think that translated into dollars for the studio agreed or disagree I, I
1: i watched it with my son and he was like this is one of the best movies i've ever seen yes and i had the
0: same
2: feeling it's certainly not one that you know feels like it's going to be have a big run cult classic nope. feel so if it didn't make the money at the box office i'm guessing it's not seen as a a later success in terms of the the money no nope, not at all but it's one that i think had a lot of critical acclaim and i think people that are as you say what did you how did you put it the, the movie movie pe- people. people yeah Mo- people that that appreciate movies uh i think see it as, as a really good movie speaking of which we have, a, oh, we have a we have a movie people we have a movie we have yeah. movie people <laughs> <head>. <laughs> so we've got a fourth here for uh, the children of men episode and that's my cousin jeremy what's up man Hey, thanks for having me, guys. So, so Jeremy and I—Jeremy is a few months younger than me. uh, We're second cousins. And he's so much taller than he's
0: you. so much taller and better. When than we King. met him, because Nate b- totally buried the lead and never said that you were bigger than him,
1: <laughs> so like it never
0: got mentioned. Because like I think of Nate. What's funny is Nate and I the same heights, but I think of him as like he's like sort of older brotherly to me. And I think of him as like bigger than me. And then we met Jeremy, and I was like, oh, this guy's freaking way bigger than all of us. <laughs> and like Brad's a pretty big dude, taller than me, and this dude is like towering over everybody. I love it. Yeah, he, and
2: he's got he's he's now adopted his dad's beard. Gray. Well, but, th- but like beautiful and thick. Like he, he's got this beard that looks like he he combs it out every day. It's a really so nice true. beard. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's really. I use a brush. Yeah. a, no, a horsehide brush. Yeah, you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. <That's> Mid it <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. So, so. Jeremy and I grew up though close in age and, and uh, his grandparents lived right near me and my, my grandparents. And so we spent a lot of time, especially once he moved, he spent some summers. You know, So like from maybe elementary school through junior high and high school, he came back a lot in the summers. And Jeremy and I are great friends and, and still great friends and, and had a lot of things to connect on. But the single most, I would, wouldn't you say the, the, the one thing that we were most connected on was movies, right?
3: Early on. Yeah. yeah, Early on, as little kids, like uh, I could tell you, when, I remember one day when you were sick in bed or something, and I was visiting my grandparents, I came over and we just watched movies for like eight hours. We
2: probably rented them at Bez Video Kingdom.
3: Probably. Or your mom did or something
2: like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. These, this was the good old days when your kid was sick and you would invite kids over to hang out yeah. with them. Yeah. You'd yeah. yeah. be like, hey, come over and sit with the sick kid. <laughs> he's, he's sick and throwing up, so anyway, just keep yeah. him company. Just right. don't touch his throw up. <laughs> but if you do, just lick your fingers.
3: But yeah, I have like... Distinct memories of like almost every single movie we watched together.
2: Yeah. So we, 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 we did a lot of watch, And I would say, so Jeremy also then, you know, you dabbled in, in film, you know, in, in a more serious way, right? I mean, you went yeah. to sort of, you took a lot of film classes. You thought about going to film school. You worked on the sets of some movies, right?
3: Yeah. And I, I did a documentary that was featured at the Santa Barbara Film Festival like 18 years ago.
2: Yeah. So, um, so he's serious. And, and I remember, the, not only do I remember watching a lot of movies with you, but I remember every single time as he got a little older he had like an old school various camcorders and other video cameras and he made a lot of like home movies that were like he would you know edit them and make them you know shorts but they were like my favorite I I think I still have this is a parody of speed. Do you remember? Oh yeah,
3: with the guy who had a bomb on his butt. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the guy who was jogging. He's a jogger. He's yeah. a jogger, and he has a bomb on his butt. And then the cop has to jump on his back <laughs> <laughs> so while the jogger's running. The guy's on, the cops on his back, trying to figure out how to I dislodge have. the bomb from his butt. My I, parents love that one too. That's I, cool. I believe I have that VHS. Somehow I ended up with it, and I'm never giving. Oh, that's it a right. collector's item. Uh, yeah. So, so I,
1: I want to comment real quick because I I always I mean I've grown up with Nate, and so it's like I always I would met Jeremy. Me a few different times and, and I legit until I think today really always thought you were like the older cousin that was like introducing him into cool shit and things like that. I, I legit <laughs> always thought that you were like... Well, that's because I was from Santa Barbara. Yeah, you had, yeah, you had <laughs> the more, wisdom. Much more sophisticated. And I legitimately thought that until today. I was like, oh yeah. shit. The way okay. that
0: Nate talks about you is definitely in a like my older cousin like like type of like reverence. Got me into some And cool then today shit. he's like, yeah, he's five months younger than me. I was like, <laughs> yeah, what yeah. the fuck? Andy's 6'5"? What the hell is going I on? I think he's about
1: 6'8". Well, um, the, the funny thing related to that is that I always wondered because uh Nate went off to Santa Barbara for her school and I was like, we grew up in a little town. I was like, how the fuck did you know about Santa Barbara? Like, because I went and visited and I was like, when I was down there, I was like, what the fuck am I doing in Stockton? This is ridiculous. Like (laughs) I didn't know places like this exist. And and he's like, oh well yeah, no, I had family down there and my cousin and stuff. So
2: Yeah, cousin Jeremy and I used to hang out when I went to school there. He actually lived in the San Inez Valley and we used to we used to meet up at this tiny little bar called the Cold Springs Taverns in the hills between Mm -hmm. I mean literally the most hole in the wall bar you've ever met. No one would ever know it was there. Even if they gave you directions, you'd be like, "I'm in the wrong place. I'm going the wrong way." And his buddy Will played open mics there, and like every Friday night for a period of time, we went and would like you know go to this bar and listen to great like really great acoustic music and hang out and just kind of felt like it was our own little like sneaky little thing. And so, tons of great memories with Jeremy. But 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 the movie stuff was always something from the time like you said we we're really little to the time we we're older. And I guess some of the references. I, you know, as you know, Jeremy's a guy that that is really discerning in his movie taste. I think because you know he just sees things in a way. In my experience, he sees layers of movies. I think both in terms of the storytelling and in terms of the cinematography and art and music that just I don't get. Right, I miss, and so. So sometimes our tastes overlap. Sometimes they diverge. Uh, I think he also probably shares some of Zach's very dark tastes. Is it, Jeremy, you, you like a dark movie, am I right? Well,
3: I'm, I picked Children of Men, which was the movie you played. So that <laughs> yeah, yeah, right yeah. There, yeah, yeah. he was like, ah,
2: oh, you know, if you're doing Children of Men, I'm in. Um, so, 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 Jeremy's going to be just the the fourth today. So, so, but I'm going to take one more minute before we go straight into sort of normal Bev's Video Kingdom. So. Right. You've moved away from the movie industry, except you hang out here and run the Oaks Gourmet uh, at the base of the Hollywood Hills in what they call Franklin Village, yeah?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I've run some restaurants, run some markets uh, here in this area. And that sort of transferred from movie making into running a restaurant which is the same sort of like cast of characters and yeah building a set and all that stuff but
0: so so real quick before we move on from that i want to know because nate always talks about all the cool people that he sees down here like what is your number one like starstruck like oh shit that's blah 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 that came into my store or you saw in the grocery store oh man because there's been a lot right
3: there's been a lot i mean i guess like As far as like the biggest one recently, Natalie Portman came in yesterday, so that would be like a huge one. Yesterday, yesterday, we were here yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Padme,
0: (laughs) what is happening?
3: But you know, there's been like uh, we were talking about her yesterday. I know. You know, the ones that are more fun are like the the weirdos, like Pauly Shore and uh, Billy Baldwin. Oh, yeah. And they come in regularly, and they're sort of weird. You know.
2: Well, you said at one point you like kind of had you like texted occasionally with Ron Livingston.
3: Not Ron oh, uh, He comes in all the time. He's very friendly, but uh, he's like up the road. But uh, no, um, uh, um, what's his name from uh, Parks and Rec? Um,
0: oh, Ron Swanson. Ron
3: Swanson. Yeah, dude. Oh, uh, That's, okay. you okay. that's a interview. whole
1: different thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's even
3: cooler. Yeah.
2: So, so, so your That's la- way cooler. So your latest side project, I want to make sure we talk about this because I'm hungry, is that you, so your dad, uh, who's French, mm-hmm. m- made this old family recipe for mm-hmm. tapenade. Mm-hmm. And you finally were like, dad, we should. I, I know how to do this now. I'm right. Like I'm in the gourmet food right. uh, market business, so you convinced him to to sort of like partner with you and make a papa that is called papa Nod. Papa Nod. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, we called him Papa. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, uh, growing up, he was Papa. Yeah, it is funny. He all I remember growing up, like he, he, he Jeremy's dad was never Dad to him. It was Papa. Papa. Yeah, yeah. So well, now Pop. Now that I'm older, Papa's like. You know.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sorry. 42 calling my dad papa Papa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but for the sake of the food it's Papa yeah.
2: so papanade. so i'm holding a jar of papanade right now and we're about to taste test it uh so let's all so so it, it's it's top i'll run but, you through it really it's a, yeah it's, tell us what's in, in there it. it. yeah. it's
3: a traditional south of france top recipe anchovies garlic basil uh three different types of olives and uh well, Olive oil, that's it. And you put it in a food processor? Put it in a food processor
0: and you're done. It's and, th- and it's basically a dip that you would put on like a chip or a cracker
3: or bread, correct? Yeah, bread. Bread and, and then on top a, of that, anything else.
0: You need a vehicle for it. But honestly, I tried it a second ago and I could eat it with a spoon or my finger pretty easily. Yeah, you get yeah. to a point where
3: it's <laughs> addictive enough where you're sticking your fingy in at the bottom of the Yeah, I'm jar. ready. I want to try it with
1: the Well, br- and for our old school cares I mean, we haven't done a, a legit uh, ASMR moment. Could we do, a do like a trio, trio. A trio so I think ASMR. we're going to have to do the, the, the trio ASMR. Tomorrow. all right guys you guys ready let's get let's get those
3: crackers going well, that was legit fully that sounded really good oh i'm man. fully erect
0: <laughs> god damn it's so good so it's like salty, salty but, not and briny, overly, and but it's not overly sippy. salty
3: but it has that
0: like you guys were saying that Lungous. Lungous the, and, it's that it,
1: that's what the perfection of this is, is that the lingering taste is not too salty it's not it's not too garlicky it's it's just this perfect little. The flavors just lingering. Like, take another bite. And I feel like it's
2: coated. It's, it's coated my mouth. Yeah. So now I'm like just hanging out with the olive flavor for a while, and I don't want to take a
3: drink because I don't want it to. But go it's right. and, and but it's, it's just it's it's inviting me. you back yeah.
1: to it. That's what I'm saying. It's inviting you back into another bite because
0: it's like you know what you oh, really enjoyed
3: wines, inviting you back. You're actually life. right. <laughs> hanging out with the olive. What you're right about is marketing that, wise. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> you taking notes over there? Yeah. I am.
0: <laughs> what you're right about is that it starts salty, but it doesn't end salty at all. Like when you get that initial hint of the salt, it kind of it mellows, puck Yeah, I'm, I, you guys are literally not having another bite. I'm eating the rest of it. So
2: anyway, that's fun. Um, okay, so so popinad you can get in. You, it, it, it's sev- a,
3: available online through the website. And okay. uh, what's
2: the give us the website? Popinad. Popinad. Papanod? A lot of
3: letters. Popinad.
2: Okay. Popinad. So go check it out. It's it's really seriously delicious. I, I'm a big pop. I'm a big, big Nut fan, fan. Yes. and now i think it's big a yeah. We
1: go. are all big Papa nut fans at this point. Invite you back for another bite.
2: All right, so so thanks for coming, Jeremy, and I'm going to kick it back to you, Zach, to to kick us off here. And
0: you know, I mean, we we're we're going to get into it. I think that uh, like like we said before, it's a sad ride. That it's 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 literally a ride to me. I mean this this movie, you know, some of the some of the long cuts and. Uh, The way that this thing is shot are just absolutely mind-blowing to me. And if you're not looking for it, you don't really notice it. So, like, the first time that I watched this movie, I was like, man, that was amazing. I really like the way that that was shot. And then when you watch it, it's like, oh, the way that it was shot is the exact opposite of some of these other movies that we talked about recently, like Taken or, like, Born Identity, where there's lots of all these really quick cuts and it makes all these... But it's just like... He just lets you stew in the moment, and there's tons of shit going on in the background. And every time that I watch it now, I just think, how many times did they do this? Like, did they have one shot at this? But they spent $70 million, so I don't know. I mean, that's a pretty hefty budget. Yeah. But I mean, how many times can you do that final scene where they're in that thing and all the explosions are going off? Yeah, tanks
1: and, are, like, taking off dude, parts of the building and stuff, yeah.
0: And it seemed—most of it seemed pretty practical, effecty. Like, it didn't seem CGI to me— really anywhere i don't know what do you what do you well, what do, that's, what do that's you kind think, of a correct? staple
1: of, of of Cuaron is, is the know. fact that like gravity i mean he he tried to do it with as much practical effects as possible like, that's i think that's what he tries to do and, and that's what makes him a very impressive director when he's i'm going to challenge myself to make a movie that you're going to imagine that most companies would do some cgi and they'd really just that they're just going to rely on that and he's like no fuck that I'm a director, and I'm going to make this shit happen. So. And
0: he writes the shit too. I mean, he's an impressive, impressive dude, and has a and has a great lineup of stuff that he's done, including Itou Mama Tambien*. He did *Children of Men*. He did *Gravity*. He did *Roma*. And now he's got uh, cool. a new movie called *A Boy in His Shoe* that's going to be coming well, out. And
2: man. you're missing too that I, *Great Expectations*, which I mean, I love the book. It was one of my favorite books for a long time. I love the movie. I thought he did a great, great and, and job. I think it. it's, and I think the that movie was such a like weighty literary task, right? To try to turn that into a into a movie, it goes really wrong in a lot of hands, and you could criticize it. But I I like I think you know given that it was one of my favorite books, I really enjoyed. it.
0: Right. I was just going it. for the ones that he had written. I apologize. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. As far as his directing, yes, he's done he's done some a couple of other and games. Harry Potter three. Don't forget that. Yeah, Prisoner of Azkaban. He wrote you know, that
3: yeah he he wrote it <laughs> he ghost
0: wrote it right He's super anti-trans well would it,
3: would it surprise you to know that he actually didn't read the book that the children of men was based off of he just read the synopsis and then wrote from there yeah because he, really? he,
1: he didn't want to like hold himself back he was right. like i don't want to have constrict myself to what this vision is i kind of have my vision i know where so I they're go
3: like this it. is the premise the
0: premise is that the old the youngest person in the world is 18 years old and that's the nobody's premise. had kids. Now go for it. No, I think,
3: the, yeah, the premise is more of like a Christian kind of uh, parable, like you know, yeah, it wasn't like
0: like uh, like uh, the, the the recent one with Elizabeth Moss. That's fucking really cool. Um, that we just watched. Nate, come on, uh, uh, Invisible Man. No, Handmaid's dude. Tale. Handmaid's Tale is <laughs> right. not a movie. Handmaid's Tale is a very similar premise to. Well, this. yeah, yeah,
3: it's it's a dystopian future that is very still similar to what we're experiencing that's what i kind of loved about this movie is that although it's supposed to be quote unquote the future it doesn't seem too far advanced i actually love watching future movies and trying to identify where they got it right and got it wrong in terms of like technology and when i was watching this one it was really hard to identify something that was like way far advanced like this film actually even though it's 2027 and they shot it in 2006 yeah right it's like it's just barely the future like the cars are really dirty and beat up and like the technology is not more advanced than even what we had in 2016, 10 years further than that. Well, well,
2: but, and not only, I mean, so like, it's it, to, to, to pivot off of that. Not only sometimes you have dystopian futures where they've made some technological progress, and you might look for that. The other direction, though, is like things have
3: deteriorated heavily. Well, that's the case in this one, right? right? I mean, if you didn't yeah. have kids for 18 years, and then who, who cares about the rest of the world? Why is right. anything right. advancing? Why, yeah, why? So in he, this case, it's it's de- the world right. is deteriorating.
2: But even there, right? Like as compared to some caricature dystopias where things have deteriorated really dramatically, right? You know, you want to see that you see a big city that's just completely fallen apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a level of disrepair that is unsettling because it's, it's kind of grittily, grittily realistic. Like you could, like you said, you can imagine that 18 years into the future, if we kind of let shit go, it's going to look like it's starting to fall apart, but it's not quite completely, you know, it's not like they didn't make it, make it so far away in terms right. of its deterioration that you can't buy into it. As well, they
1: mentioned that though, they talk about the other cities that have gone to that point, And it seems True. like that, all of them. Yeah. England <laughs> like, is the only spot yeah. where it's still kind of holding
0: together. And yeah. But, Who's it okay for? Like, just somebody that has like a piece of paper that says that they're a native, native Britain, Britain. Yeah, right? Yes. And everybody else is like taken to an internment camp because they can't support those people, and it looks like they're just killing them, basically, right? I mean, well, I mean, that popular.
3: becomes the idea. It's not, it's not like a genocide about race. It's a genocide about like, well, our country is still stable, right? And the rest of your countries have fallen apart. So stay the fuck out, and we yeah. take yeah. to where we're if still we stable. take you on, then because we'll be unstable too. The end is still eventual. So now, Great Britain is just trying to hang on to. Uh, let's let's slow our end, and that's like and that's the, exactly
0: what it is throughout the whole movie. They have all the commercials and stuff for the for the medicine quietest. that you just take and it's going to kill you, yeah. right? So they're marketing that as like, look, the end is coming. We're the ones that are still holding it together. But hey, man, if you want to speed this along, if you want to buy all me, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No one's going to judge yeah. you, dude. Like, well, check this commercial out.
2: And and that piece of it reminded me, and maybe this might be the thing about the movie that I think for me made it the most special and 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 set apart a little bit from a lot of dystopian movies. But it reminded me a little bit of the road and there's parts of the road that i like in particular and those parts of the flashbacks to the transition where they've just gotten into the realization that we are headed down this
3: road right and yeah i'd like, almost argue that the road is like 10 more years from this movie yeah, yeah. in terms of like where things are headed in okay. the u.s yeah, yeah. 100 so,
2: but, but i mean but but in some ways right that it's a cousin to it or you know you could sort of the shared universe of it is that that, that some people are willing to accept it more than others. Right. And in the road, of course, like it's the husband and wife that, that you see it really up close that like, they have a very different view of like what you should do in the how face of like just how, how, just how bleak is this. Right. And she's like, this is the end. And he's kind of like, no, no, like there's still a hope that we should try to move forward. And this one, right. Like, Clive Owen, you know, he's obviously sort of a sad. His character is a sad guy, and he, he has some, you know, he he drinks a lot, and he obviously, you know, so maybe some. You know, we obviously have people that are not in dystopias that have
3: some of those those sort of like depressive, you know, sort of rounded out characteristics. Although I'd argue real quick, he doesn't drink as much as you think. They want him to think that he drinks. Like there is like like, two scenes where he takes a sip out. He's got the same small bottle through the entire movie. (laughs) If you are an alcoholic, (laughs) that bottle was done by the first coffee. Like he's not carrying that. He's just he's he's just a little stressed. Yeah, he's just Uh, invited. He's just having a shot. Well, and and but I get it in terms of movies. That's a trope. Like oh, he took a a sip off of a bottle.
0: But If you have a flask in your jacket, then you are in movie talk. You are a (laughs) severe alcoholic. You may fall down at any moment.
3: (laughs) But I am just saying, like
2: you can see that he's kind of teetering, right? Like he. way i read his character was like he's grappling with the lack of meaning in a in a situation well, where they still ostensibly in britain are holding things together but he's like this fucking thing is f- coming off the rails
1: but he's kind of ignoring it with this bureaucratic job where he's just kind of like exactly, it. i'm just gonna just kind of go through the motions and and i don't really care about much but yeah i'm also very... not gonna i'm not gonna participate either way of trying to fix things or or or, or worry about things i'm just gonna just kind of just well, his, his
3: character is literally like a physical embodiment of like the whole point of the movie is like if you don't have kids, then you don't have a future. So this world is ending eventually. His backstory was he lost his kid 20 years ago with Julianne Moore. Right. Since that moment on, he's got nothing, he, to, he's got nothing to live for. So he literally is like this the metaphor is like, I don't care. I'm just working a dead end job. I got no, the movie's about hope and the beginning of it neither the world or him have hope
0: exactly at all and that's why he starts to become sort of a badass and care right because he sees as soon as he sees the baby or she, that right. she's pregnant he's In like the barn. oh shit yeah. and then from then on he turns into like the reluctant hero right or the even not that reluctant he's just like I'm gonna figure this shit out he doesn't have a special set of skills or anything like that I mean he's you know kinda smart I guess and
3: that's about it well, he's a, f- he re- a former activist
1: yeah he really connects with his wife and that kind of inspires him a little and then her kind of need was to see this through and so he kind of takes that on in
0: her honor and, and after watching her die right in front of them yeah yeah
1: very graphically god damn that was a vicious scene
3: well just a <laughs> moment a moment Nate's, for that Nate's well you know it's me. funny because the minute you mentioned that scene and you kind of talked on it earlier like how this is sort of an underrated movie financially as a success but I think in terms of filmmaking, it broke so many oh, geez. glass ceilings. Like, that particular scene in the car, I mean, there's so many great videos that's... on YouTube you can watch about how they made that. Like, the rig, talk about practicality, the rig they had to make. Moving shoot that, that,
1: that camera in there, yeah.
3: Yeah, it was genius. I mean, they did some CGI, some stitching, some blending, but just that whole piece, like, that's when you say that, like, I think everybody's mind just went, oh, yeah, that scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking no, ping yeah. pong ball.
2: Oh, Jesus crazy. Yeah, the ping pong ball was pretty cool.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and and from the from the time that the ping pong ball ping pong ball goes, uh, you know, for the next five minutes, you know, ostensibly there's some there's some. Uh some cuts
3: that are hidden by digital right. magic, right? right. Obviously, yeah. but but still ninety five percent practical.
0: Yes, and the yeah. way that it the way that it plays out is just so fucking cool. And the guys on the motorcycle and all, all it, just everything about it. She gets shot in the throat. They're like, well, put some pressure on it. You know, well, what it, I mean? and and at first it you makes feel you, the chaos.
1: You feel like they're going to get away. It's like they, I mean, they're kind of like avoiding them and they're getting far enough. And you're like, okay, they're going to get away. And then they just keep kind of getting close. And then all of a sudden, boom, and she gets shot. And then now it's like, okay, this is all all, well, all bad.
3: I mean, that speaks to that that kind of level of sort of in the film work is what they were going for with like raw documentary style. Which and, that, and that's how you feel, right? You feel so like, you feel you're, in feel like you're in the car. Yeah, yeah. The, the camera runs
1: at t- a lot of different times. It runs up to a location and I mean, it's just, it, yeah, it, it really makes you feel like you're within this. And I think that just brings you closer into the world and it kind of fucks you up a little bit more. Because like,
3: there's also very few close-ups. It's it's just still like uh, someone, because if you're shooting a raw documentary, you're not going to push your camera into someone's face. Right. So everything is still like another body right there yeah right so I are mean, like, getting yeah. shot in the
1: background and just yeah. like they don't they don't focus on that it's just like oh boom there's stuff happens guy. in He's the like, background yeah. so what it
0: reminds me of is modern video games right so you're like I don't know how many modern oh, video games great. you play, but you run out and there's all this stuff going around in the background. But yeah. you're deciding kind of where your character Are you t- goes, like,
1: like Call of Duty ish. Yeah, stuff? totally, yeah.
0: dude. Like, I mean, there's you. You run into this situation and there's people talking to you, but then they kind of run off, and then there's all sorts of stuff going on in the background. It's almost like a cutscene, but you're in it. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I, I got that feeling a lot with uh, with this movie, and it's really cool. And it's like it's like it's like uh, Jeremy was saying, like you feel like you're in the car, you feel like you're yeah. in that moment, you're following him through that like dilapidated city with stuff blowing up all around you and you know you gotta run up to the next rock and you're kind of looking over and you know you see him he's laying down he's like breathing hard it's just fucking intense
3: but you know sticking with that sort of like raw documentary style like there's so much stuff that is just so casually thrown away in this movie that any other filmmaker would have been like oh we just paid for this and we hired this camel let's focus on this camel but instead there's just like the camera just pans over to the yep. window, and there's like a dude with a zebra in a park. <laughs> just, that's it. Just pass right by. Next, like a camel walks by. You know, so like, but that, 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 when you notice that, you realize the texture of the thing, it makes it feel so much more real because I'm not spending the time being like, Check out how cool this camel is. <laughs> or, or they have tanks. I
1: mean, the tanks are coming in. Like they never like get up and like, oh, let's see what the tanks. Are. It's just like these tanks are just like there, and you're just like, fuck, that's a tank. That's what I'm saying. Like, the,
3: it would be. It would feel so like uh, the temptation to like, oh, let's focus on this, make a whole scene out of this crazy park or whatever. But yeah. just, nope, just gonna pan over to the left and see it, and that's it. That's all yeah. you get. And the tank shows up and like. It's three
0: minutes of the tank kind of just driving around in the background before it actually shoots. And as far as the viewer's concerned, there's no cuts before that. And it's yeah. just like perfectly timed right into it. It's so good.
1: Yeah. I think it's time to, to get that director in here. Oh, yeah. Let's get
0: Alfonso. Alfonso.
1: <laughs> oh, you're going to take that, that accent deep now. Alfonso
0: Queran. Huh? Yeah. So he's Is Ata- he Italian. He's Italian. I'm pretty sure he's, not, he's Italian. A, he's guys. definitely not Italian. No. E tu mama. también. <laughs> Is that not uh, Italian? Yeah. Well, you know, it depends on who's uh, saying it, I guess.
3: You know, I thought it was kind of funny that he's from a Mexican filmmaker. And one of the things they tried to go for in terms of the set, he's been quoted as saying this, is like, let's make it look more like Mexico. (laughs) That's true. Because the whole idea was like third worlds have already gone into chaos. So the first worlds are going to become the new third world. So they said, like, let's make London look like Mexico. And I feel like this might be a little... Weird thing for him to say, but he's a Mexican <laughs> yeah, film. Maybe he's from he can Mexico say whatever he wants. Yeah, he can yeah. say it. But that yeah. was the concept of the look of the place. That's
2: interesting.
0: Uh, All right. So are we? Are you saying we're drinking with the director? Now? We're drinking with the director. We're going to have Alfonso come in and sit down with us. I don't know what he's going to be drinking, but I'm going to offer him a BVK IPA. Uh, where do they make this stuff, Brad? It's pretty delicious. They
1: make this beer at Last Call Brewing in Oakdale, California, and uh, they have released all sorts of beers. They always have 16 beers on tap. You can go in there. You can buy four packs. You can buy Crowlers. You can buy Growlers. And they always have delicious beer on tap. And delicious food trucks are constantly showing up outside their doors. So you can get some food, some tasty beverages. And like I've said uh, previously, the BVK IPA will make its triumphant return Hopefully at some point in the future.
0: And all of us here, I believe, are drinking the BVK IPA, yeah. except for Nate has. What do you got, brother? I got uh, Diet
2: Pepsi and Grenadine with a little bit of California 46 whiskey.
0: Okay, so what's the deal
2: with the California 46? Uh, Jeremy's, Ger- Jeremy's G- buddy G- made G- it. No, I want to hear
0: about it. We no, need no. to give them well, a hold plug. On,
2: for, for, I two things. First, this is your first run at the the BVK IPA, and you 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 do a lot of sampling because you buy the craft beer for the Oaks Gourmet. In, yeah, in, I do. I do all the village. buying for everything. So what, what do you end. think of the BVK IPA?
3: Yeah. It, you know, it's one of the first IPAs that I've I've gotten back into because for so long so many IPAs has kept on going higher and higher in right. ABV and higher and higher in stickiness and grapefruit and or, yeah. uh pine cone and stickiness. This is super refreshing. This is quaffable. This is porch drinking IPA. I mean, yeah, okay. it is. It goes down too smooth.
0: Honestly, <laughs> I would. I would agree. That's it. It'll amazing. grab you by the ankles after a while and be like, "Hey, man, I'm still seven percent." Just get yourself a little bit of uh, some popinot and a BVK
2: IPA. It's just porch sitting. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, it's so,
0: so, a good day. That's so, a good day. So we were
2: in the Oaks Gourmet earlier, and if by the way, if you are in 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 LA or in Hollywood, if you're in LA, find your way to Franklin Village. Find your way to the Oaks Gourmet. Um, it's an awesome place especially if you if you're somebody who like you know is going there and you're like I kind of want to see some celebrities maybe have a shot at it want to have some delicious food buy some cool see the Hollywood sign have some Papanod. The Oak Square Man has great seating outside it's a cool spot it's got a walk up counter it's got a little like walking neighborhood around it Little
1: Deli you can get some food at Yeah so so
2: go there and check it out get some Papanod um and uh say hi to jeremy say you you thought he was awesome on the bev's video kingdom so so i we went in there earlier today um while we're taking a break from recording and i was like i need to get some whiskey and you
3: said oh i said this is the one old 49
2: old 49 and so it's a california whiskey
3: yeah it's done by a guy in the neighborhood who branched out i I like to support him because as I branch out into my own product, I, he's a little ahead of me in terms of what he's doing. But. Well,
1: that's good. So it's really good. Um,
3: kind of
0: similar to the podcast
1: community. We kind of do that shit, too. We know, do that too our too. locals and
0: stuff. Yeah, we've been asking a bunch of, like, smaller people to help us out. <laughs> 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 all right. So uh, so we're drinking with the director.
2: Uh, we all have got some BVK IPA, and I've got some whiskey and grenadine. Uh, can you care if I throw something to the group? First, because I, I don't, I, I want to ask before I ask the director, I want to ask you guys something.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. We've all talked about directing. Why? Why do we
2: love dystopian movies? Because I mean, this is a this is a category. Same reason we like horror
3: movies, right? Well, it's, I, I don't know, and I want to know why. You want to be scared, right? You want to be uh sort of, or, or it, and maybe the fun is like, oh god, this is so close. We have to change this. We can't let this happen. You think so? Yeah, it's a little bit of that scariness, right? And like someone's putting a mirror to yourself but accept it's in the future.
1: Okay. I think there's that and then there's also would I step up to this challenge? Like, okay, if I'm uh, in that yeah. if I'm if I'm if in that Clive situation alone. like yeah. am I like ready to okay, shit's going bad. I need to 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 be strong. I need to support my family. Am I going to be that leader when the time comes? So,
0: Brad, you're saying that you would shoot your wife in the head if she ended up being a secret agent for uh, the government that was sent to you. Found out you went and you went on a digital vacation, just like Arnold in uh, Total Recall, and then you had to shoot your wife in the head. Are you saying that you would do that?
1: Is it? yeah
0: okay? All right, all okay, right. I just wanted to make first. sure. Thank you. That was the I, I answer know, I was looking for. Sharon
1: Stone. For. That was that, that. That's close to my heart as a as a, <laughs> as a, as a blossoming young man. The 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 uh, the Sharon Stone. You were like Arnold. You shot her right in the face. <laughs> the Basic instinct sliver
2: a one two punch is what you're referring to. So so uh, so so I guess I guess I, I mine's a little closer to Brad's. I mean, I tend to think of it as as the Dan Carlin like extremes of the human condition. Like it's a fantasy extreme. But like we are fascinated in movies with seeing scenarios that feel like things we couldn't experience. Like alternate universes. Alternate universes and this and I think dystopian futures have like the special I mean, sort of like what you're saying about horror movies, they have the special quality of like they might—they're just believable enough because of the climate around us that you know we kind of fantasize in a very like dark way. Man, you know, it, it could happen, right? We could be in that scenario. What would that be like, right? And so we're not in it, but we we you know sort of like to scare ourselves, like to like to sort of experience through movies this thing that like we don't we're not a scenario we hopefully are not going to be in, but that we're very curious about.
3: Well, let me ask you this real quick: like, is this movie technically? Really considered dystopian versus like a Blade Runner, which is so different, so unique, and so advanced. This one is just a hair away from being reality. I mean, even in this movie, shot in two thousand six, they mention that Dylan Clive Owen's son died from the two thousand eight pandemic. Yeah, it was a yeah. flu, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, there, there is so we're so close to it. How is this dystopian? It's just. It's just it's <laughs> once removed. like, like So, it's, it's, so like cousins? it's
0: what I like to call like the black mirror effect. Right. So you take one thing. This movie takes one thing and says, okay, no women are having babies. What does that have effect on society? Black mirror. Every episode is some sort of future where they add some sort of, or change some sort of element of technology or whatever it is. And then you, you get take to, it to the 10th degree. Or yep, and you get to see the effect of that one thing changing and how it affects entire society. Right. Which I think is super interesting because there's so many things that we take from for granted that you could take away or add on to and it just it the, the ripple effect of it over 10 years or 20 years or whatever it is from 2006 to 2027 20 years and then you see like oh my god like the whole world has fallen into disarray because no one can have a baby changes everybody's state of mind about like the future
3: and the, the point exactly even like, childless like i don't have a kid i'm 42 but i don't think i if someone told me oh we're not having kids anymore i'd be like well what do we what's <laughs> the care What's the fucking <laughs> point? Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's boy, wreck like, this bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drive so you it can see how that's it. the major catechism <laughs> for the You're, you're absolutely right.
1: Well, and, and when it comes to dystopias, we're going to do a draft next week about some of the most memorable dystopias. And it's like, if you take an idiocracy, which is like the dumb, but kind of like, you know, it's just people are lazy and it's stupid but it's i mean how is that dystopian society's still kind of functioning (laughs) but it's not the violent like threat to your life on a daily basis like dystopia of of like dune or blade runner where like everything's a threat yeah and 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 i think i mean those you could picture us going in both directions and that that scares the fuck out of me
3: (laughs) yeah yeah but in this one you feel like you know clive Owen's still going and getting coffee in the morning still watching news i mean life is still progressing it's just not fun
0: yeah there's just a bombing at the coffee shop and he just barely reacts and just kind of walks away he's like this is just life
3: well <sighs> i take umbrance with that scene because that bomb happens and within five seconds, a woman walks out holding her arm. It's I do so think, amazing. Well, it's amazing. It's but too you, fast. Too fast. Because <laughs> if a bomb went off and your arm flew out, you didn't go have time to pick it up and walk out with it. That's a I, little too quick. I dance. like
0: to think she had someone else's arm. <laughs> well, just like one landed on her and she was like, like, can we reattach
3: this, this one? She I mean, missed that, hers, grabbed yeah. someone else's. That, that
1: felt like it was a little callback to the Spielberg uh, uh, with Saving Private Ryan yeah. where the guy gets blown up and he's looking around then he picks up his own arm and walks off so i don't know if that was a little tribute or not but
0: i agree though but it's
1: jarring
3: saving private ryan so the whole last sequence of running through that stuff it was hard not to imagine the similar uh ohama or uh, d-day uh omaha
1: beach yeah yeah and 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 and, like the ringing in his ears like i mean that like uh, that's tom hanks is going through that in that opening scene and like after that bomb he's got the ringing in his ears and it's like the arm so it definitely was a callback for me for for a little bit of Saving private right. so
2: so we talked about at the beginning the fact that this movie, you know didn't it, it was not profitable, certainly not very profitable over the long run, we don't think. and it's not one that gets remembered a lot as like a, you know, so it, we probably safe to say, given what we're talking about it's an underrated movie.
3: hundred percent why I is it underrated? I mean, anytime you look on the internet, everyone says it's underrated, why? Well, maybe it asks questions that people don't really want to sit and watch I mean like you know when you invited me on this podcast and you gave me a list of movies I picked like probably the worst one to talk about because it's not like fun (laughs) you can't dish on it like it's a it's a heavy movie and it's beautifully shot and it's tragic but it's uh it's not something you're going to rewatch like every summer with your buddies on like jaws or something where you go oh, man, yeah you know? i mean it, it's hard it, to it, say i love that scene who says i love that scene during schindler's list <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> oh i've got a schindler's list story but that's for another day um but yeah i i completely agree i think uh i think it does a good job of you know there's there's stuff in there for film nerds there's stuff in there that makes you feel something And while most of the movie has a dark undertone and it's a scary future, there's a note of hope throughout the entire thing, or at least throughout the second two thirds that, you know, carries all the way into, you know, my wife was like, fuck. When we, when we turned it off, she was like, thanks for making me fucking watch another depressing movie. And I'm like, what are you talking about depressing? Like she got saved, like humanity's going to get saved because they found this baby and they're going to figure it out.
1: That's the question I want to ask. Like, I mean, I would ask the director is like, What's your take? Is is this a hopeful ending? Is is this yes. this boat coming up? Is there some positive going on? Do they have some island where they're actually like putting society back together? And yeah, you know, it's this in
3: the Galapagos. Apparently, that's where she's they yeah off yeah. to. So I mean, is that is,
0: she's going to go to the Galapagos? There's going to be you know just like evolution was discovered yeah. there. They're going to discover that's heavy handed. Yeah, it, it is, but you know they don't they don't dwell on it too much. <laughs> so you don't think about it too much. But when you talk about it again for an hour, you're like, but yeah,
1: man, but also there's a dark side to it because it's like okay, so she's having a daughter. So immediately she's going to become. Is is there going to be just a line of guys that have to like impregnate her now, and like she's going to be just producing children for like the next? It's not going to be so a line. It's I did just think be the about that because so it
3: becomes like an Adam and Eve thing, like. Yeah. There's just only one kid, so is this poor kid now going to have to? Yeah, are
1: they just going to be a re- becomes sexual? Machine? Yeah, exactly. like like it's it's kind of it's kind of sketchy. Well, well,
3: that's right. part two. They were going to do children of men, <laughs> part dub. <deux, but laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the script was just, oh, too much. Oh, the, the, well, I mean,
2: they, they, and they didn't solve infertility, right? I mean, that's the that's the
3: distinction. No, so that's that's funny. They did not solve it, right? Yeah, so she just had it. Well, so maybe they, they do. They
0: some didn't gene- solve it, but the thinking is that she gets onto that submarine. They get her to a place where there's the a, a leading
3: scientist. Are still alive, and they're going to figure they, out. They dissect her, but they yeah. also—they yeah. also not made,
0: dissect her, dude. Quit <laughs> being negative. Name. Also, this is a happy movie.
3: They went great lengths to never tell you why we went infertile. Right. There's right. no reasoning for that. Right. So it could be. That's up to us. It could be climate change. It could be all this kind yeah. of things. You know. But so there is still a possibility that it was a fluke of time well, period of nature.
1: Well, talking about that ending scene, um, I, I've kind of taken on this this new little task of each episode. When, when, you, when you end a movie, there's always a song, and that song's usually pretty prominent, and, it, and it's obviously got some meaning to that, that that final scene. So I was thinking about, um, I, I would offer this up to Alfonso, of, of, you know what, why didn't you end this movie where she's in the boat, and here's the other boat coming in, and she's holding her baby, like, why didn't we end with, always be my baby, Mariah Carey? <laughs> <laughs> when wow. she gets Do-do-do. onto the boat. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we could have done that, right? Wow. I think that fits. fits. Uh, (laughs) Always be my baby. That that works. I think we should do that. Can I, can I, that would have been hopeful. I mean, I I already feel
2: better. Just you, just you bringing it up. So, so I will point out since you said that the, the, maybe what I thought was the best placement of any music in the movie was Ruby Tuesday while Michael Caine's character is like, assisting suicide on his wife.
3: Yeah, it's oh, interesting. because wow. It's also Ruby Tuesday sung by like an Italian uh, crooner. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's all the music he chose, while familiar, it's covers. Yeah. Most of it. Yeah, And that's, that's, yeah, it's like a guy speaking in bad Italian accent speaks, singing English.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, and and it, it has that, I mean, that has that effect, right? Of like yeah. being. When Michael Caine a, is like. A like real like
3: discord. Very good. Kind of, with like the, yeah. the original. Well, it original. calls more attention to itself in that yeah. way almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, like, I mean, and this, this is just a callback. I mean, speaking of Michael Caine, I mean, in, in his role, so obviously he, he takes out his dog and his wife, and then he comes back outside and he confronts the uh, the, yep. the other guys. And all of a sudden, uh, it's not a close-up. We basically get to see it from Clive Owen's perspective, and he's getting shot. It's not like we're closing up and seeing the violence. It's just like, boom, boom, and then all of a sudden he gets killed, and it's just like all from this far-off perspective. And so, again, it just it brings you into that universe. It's not... It's not like we got to see all the graphicness of it. We're just right. going to see it like happen and just like oh fuck. It and keeps I mean, you in
3: Clive Owen's eyes. Exactly. As sort of the, the 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 main character in the film, you're not like a cameraman doing right. close ups of his exactly.
0: But if we're picking nits, I mean, fucking. Kane's down there you can hear every word they're saying to each other and then they jump this, in the car and they slam the door yeah, to the I had, car I had, and drive off i had the
3: same thought i'm like or
0: close the door a little softer motherfucker. Like, yeah. like, if you can hear word. him
3: talking they exactly. heard you up there breathing <laughs> my, my
1: problem my problem with that scene my problem with that scene was so he leaves uh, uh michael Kane they had a long time how long did it take michael Kane to kill his wife and the dog quite as quick by bro. the time he comes back out they just decide we're just gonna they only go to the hill hillside until he comes up. <laughs> like they didn't know he's right. gonna be walking back out like right. why didn't they just book it as far as they could
3: right like, it also makes it seem like it's a weird sideways angle they had to like drive around yeah, i guess maybe a, they had
1: to <laughs> drive up and that they so they to be, be fair it
0: didn't affect the story because they yeah. didn't get find out by those people except for by chance right i mean the only reason they got caught is because those other guys happened to like be there right what do you mean Was the guy with the dreadlocks the guy from uh, Sons of Anarchy? It was, right? I told my wife that, and she's like, I don't know. It never gets close enough to his face to actually see if it's him.
3: It's Jax. You know, I would say for me, most of the scenes with um, Michael Caine, while I love him, I don't think they're needed actually for the movie. I kind of hated them, actually. But it's that's the, the only one problem I have.
0: It's the only lightness to the movie, though. Everything yeah, but else it's is also so, heavy. so hokey. You know, like, you
3: think so? When he puts on the stereo to play death metal and pretends to play guitar, it's that's, just like that's Brad's favorite song. song. That's my Brad's, <laughs> Brad's it, was Apex, it
1: was a remix of an Apex Twin thing. It's, it was like, such
3: like, it was it's such a bad joke. It's such a bad joke. he does weird. it? It's just yeah, it's just corny. I, I think that's
0: the point. And this
3: whole thing was like, oh, I'm going to be strawberry cough. I choose my finger. I get I choose
0: to believe that in the dystopic future, like there's so few people that like you've got to hang on to somebody that's even remotely cool like weird old hippie uh, Michael Caine with his bad jokes is like better than 90% of the people that are still alive so like yes I'm gonna he has
3: hope and I guess the whole movie is about having hope and faith is the whole point of the movie and I guess he represents hope although it had me doing math trying to figure out if he's supposed to be such a hippie and this is 2027 this dude be like 92 by now right
1: yeah yeah, when was he? When was he? Is a he hippie? actually. This is yeah, too when much, was he
3: a hippie? This he, is too much he, math. He was a, he was a hippie in
0: 2012. He was an 80s hippie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> everybody sure else was doing coke. Yeah, he, he was
2: still smoking weed yeah. and uh, d- d- dan- dancing with uh, bell bottoms on.
3: Yeah, that's the one thing that made me think: Is this film going to age? Because they talk so much about like uh, weed being illegal, and I'm like, oh, that's that's yeah. going away real fast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Otherwise, the rest of the film, despite its uh, hindrance, it still feels contemporary it still feels in the future even though it's you know what I mean? topically
0: like, topical yeah, like yeah. a lot of the stuff i'm like like the the immigration issues in well, britain and like all that stuff i like, couldn't that's very topical
3: i totally thought about ukraine while watching this film yeah. even though it was po- yeah. it was actually supposed to be about afghanistan and post 9-11 politics but watching this film you couldn't immediately think oh right is this gonna- I'm, I'm watching russian people in cages in a weird village being bombed out it feels like what i see on the news
0: when when we recorded this uh russia has has invaded ukraine when you listen to this something crazy may have happened but it hasn't happened yet i mean it's i mean crazier than than world war three breaking out we hope by now everything's calm god damn i hope so
2: uh, so are we, uh, what are, we else? are we, anyone else going to ask something?
0: I was going to say, just going back to the technology
1: thing, there's, there's one moment where the kid is at the table and he's kind of like, I
3: playing like, candy crush,
1: playing whatever he's doing <laughs> with that. Little he's playing thing. candy crush with his yeah. fingers. And you look at it. It's oh just, really?
3: It's just Tetris. It's like a little, yeah, boop, 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 it's like, boop, boop, like a boop, boop, weird boop, little kind oh, of hologram oh, game. Yeah, and he's it was, just
1: kind of going after it. That's like the one little technology spot that you see. That it was Rubik's
3: cube yeah yeah that's, yeah. Uh, that's, that's uh, again i was trying to identify um like what we don't have yet what they sort of projected and maybe they had like motion billboards on buses and stuff Man, i, mean, I right. don't know if that's happening yet but here's one thing i took a problem with zero cell phone use in that whole movie no one pulls out a fucking cell phone in that, i think
0: I the grid's down you know what i mean is like that all the other technology cell phone gone didn't yeah. seem like they Talent. really cuz that's the internet. most prevalent stuff. Do they have internet? Like do they ever like jump on Well they on still the got advertisements something
1: and stuff. Out? They got like, advertising and yeah. Of, like like they're obviously I mean,
3: programming that old, shit. I mean this is 2006 we had in, we had cell phones in 2006 when it sure. came not out, right? Phones, sure. Not
1: smartphones,
0: not smartphones no. Well, Nokia. iPhone was about to come. Play Snake. iPhone came out like 2008. We had the
3: BlackBerry, buddy.
1: We did have BlackBerry. So you could access the internet.
0: Yeah. Well when...
3: okay. So it's it's just interesting that they decided like you know it also could be a plot point because the book was written in the 60s. So it's one of those things where you watch a movie, you go, oh, if they had a fucking cell phone, this movie wouldn't exist. Right. right. That always hurts. Yeah. So maybe it's that. But as far as all the technologies, like even Dick Tracy had an iWatch. watch. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's true. So of all the technologies, like the not having a cell phone in this movie almost seems like an insult.
1: Well, I think the uh, one other little interesting thing I would like to talk to the director about is that they... Clive Owen never picks up a gun in the entire movie. Like he's the hero and he never shoots at anybody. He never like tries to fight back in that way. His 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 fighting is all done through protection and through trying to just get her through this without like having to be like now nah, I'm going to be the super, pop 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 like shooting like bad guys and stuff. He like. has
0: a lot of luck. For sure. There's a lot of circumstances that kind of flush him into the correct situation.
1: When when they're in some hallways and it's just like random person just like, and they're down. And it's like, yeah, there's just some luck there. That we're just random people just getting shot in the head just constantly. And it's just like, oh, well they missed.
3: Well, I guess that's the point of sort of being the the Hitchcockian everyman. Like, he's, yeah. he has no skills whatsoever. Not supposed to be there. Right. Then, felt then, compelled to be there. And the
1: fact that they did it that way, like, I think I just, by the end of his intention, I was like, there's, there's bad guys getting shot and their guns are dropping, but he never picks up a gun or anything like that. And it's like, I think that's, I mean, I'm not going to say I wouldn't pick up a gun, but I mean, I feel like I'd pick a, up a gun immediately just to have it. But well, like, right. even that, if you're not good at using it, you'd be like, I, I still probably need this.
3: Yeah, during that whole long sequence where he's uh, running, you know, the, the long shot at the end of the movie where he's running at some point he could have grabbed a gun from somebody and help protect himself from the fishes the other the people that were right, yeah. right. Juliet ha, moore
0: had he done that he probably gets killed right I yeah mean, maybe he, maybe because yeah. now
1: i mean maybe and it could be in his mind he's he thinking like gets killed if i'm if i'm a true. uh just somebody who's living here and i'm i'm just trying to run away like nobody's gonna shoot me but the army's gonna shoot me if i have a gun the fish is gonna shoot at me if i have a gun so or the fish is gonna shoot me regardless so i mean i don't know maybe that's maybe that was intentional but he definitely does not use a gun in this whole thing, which is kind of cool to see. Like he's not had, turns it, He didn't turn it into a magical superhero. That's just well. Ethical.
3: He's the one that has he has zero political motive in the whole movie. Right. Like when they're in that cabin and they're all sitting around and they Julianne Moore just died and they just elected this new guy to be the leader of the fishes and they're spending most of the time contemplating how to handle this baby and when she should have it and how it's going to be a political tool. He's the one that this is the one part of Baghdad he just yells out, "Make it public." Like yeah. that's his his whole thing is is not about the political motive. It's about this this miracle happening. So yeah, he's not a person that's going to pick up a gun because he doesn't have a reason to pick up a gun. Is that
1: a callback at the end when he when he walks down with her and she has the baby and everybody mm-hmm, yeah. freezes? Is mm-hmm. basically like kind of saying that mm-hmm. he was kind of right that like
3: this is what unites us. Yeah. This is what's the miracle. Yeah. So no, he and, and,
0: and exactly. But but he was going to use it for his uh, his own selfish thing right and but when they when Who, he goes Clive the, no, the Ch- fishes chuel uh oh. I can't, I, I, i'm not sure i know i'm saying two wheel edge of four i i apologize the guy that plays luke he's great and yeah. uh you know he's not super evil he doesn't overdo it um he seems concerned uh but he you know they kind of overhear that he's the bad guy and if you're not paying attention you could miss that he's the bad guy like, the the scene where he hears at the window what's going mm-hmm. on, it's, like, not super clear exactly what happened. And I remember the first time being kind of like, oh, wait, did he just find out that he was the bad guy? But, I mean, that, it went, once you watch it again, that's exactly what happens. Um, anyways, Alfonso, thank you so much for coming out and drinking with us, appreciate man. You. We appreciate you. Gravity was cool. <laughs> <It's> cool. <laughs> I haven't seen Roma yet, and I feel bad for it. Have you seen Roma, Jeremy? Yeah, that's a skip really <laughs> oh <laughs> shit you, you, even that our, is not what i expected even our movie guys doesn't skip it. god damn it i'm Having still you. gonna watch it at some point it's
3: got some nice pacing some nice texture but uh it's i think it's if uh, you were there it'd make more if they if they shot this about modesto you guys would be like oh yeah oh, this, is all like, oh, yes. all, this is our movie we'd be think. like i bought yes.
0: meth from that guy yeah yeah <laughs> 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 all right So here at Bev's Video Kingdom, we like to play a little game, and that game is called Shag Snag Body Bags. Take it away, Scotch.
1: Is it a one-night stand, or do you hit it with a shovel, or take it home to mom and dad? It's like fuck, marry, or kill. It's Shag Snag Body Bag.
0: He really hits that fuck. In it, he's like, it's like fuck, and it like kind of uh, has a little reverb on it. I love that.
1: <laughs> Don't forget that Scotchback himself said that if you, if you have a different way besides hitting it with the shovel, if there's a different way you want to hear uh, uh, something get killed, throw it out there to us. If you give a suggestion, Scotchback's like, I'll I'll record that shit.
0: He can, he can, like, like we've we've said before. Scott comes up with these amazing and awesome, cool songs, and then presents them to us in sort of a sheepish, like, "Do you guys like this perfectly crafted <laughs> thing that I made for you for free?" And we're like, "Dude, it's amazing!" He's like, "Are you sure?" I yeah, can change we're losing it? our minds, yeah. And we're like, "This is so awesome!" So, shout out, uh, Scotchback, we miss you, brother.
2: All right, so um, can I, can I start take it? Out? Okay. So I want to, I want to shag this popinade first. Oh, look at
1: that. Look at that promotion. I love it. No, It's I'm, almost I'm sit- gone. <laughs> I'm sitting here eating it. Yeah, and,
2: and you know what my number one problem I'm having right now is? The crackers don't reach far enough down into yeah. the jar. You're going to have to go work. fingers oh, soon. Oh, oh, oh,
3: I make
1: a papa
2: on knife. <laughs> ah, can, I knife because, can I get yeah. that? Can I get that at pop yeah. yeah, okay, I'll get the
1: knife. I'm now. saying you can dip down there pretty good and get a nice big scoop and uh, okay. Nate's taking off the top layer for sure.
0: It feels fancy but it's like, it doesn't it doesn't taste like crazy pretentious. It's very, very good. I love it. I love it. So my my Thanks, my,
2: my movie
0: uh, shag is Michael Caine. Not to disagree
2: with my loving cousin, but I love I love me some Michael Caine. I actually think Michael Caine, at least in my era of watching movies, is kind of underrated. Even though like he's he's you know he gets accolades and the things he's doing and
3: oh like there was a break from the seventies yeah all the way I until think, Dark Knight. Uh, like there was nothing in between. Yeah, I well, kind of agree. With him.
2: I mean,
0: I, I guess I just feel he like did 30 movies in between there.
2: <laughs> I'm not saying that he didn't do stuff. I'm just saying like Michael Caine, I think at that time was thought of as being, you know, a hallmark, like a super A-lister. And he 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 settled into, in more recent years, a character actor. Right. I mean, that's what he's been. And for most of the last 25, 30 years, he's been a character actor. And so as a result, I think he did. as what, like the older British guy. Yeah, well, I mean, think pretty about much. the stuff he's been in. No, I know. I mean, you know, and so, so you know, I mean, even in the in the Batmans, right, in in this
3: and... Uh, Wait, you're saying and, underrated during your time period? During yeah, the, so you, I'm saying like... Like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels time period.
2: No, I'm saying in this more recent era, like since I've been watching... Oh, the, this, you know, this movie. The last 25 years or so, right, where he's kind of... He's more of a character actor than he's a leading man. Right, 100%. Um, and so I'm saying, I think... There's a tendency to, to forget that, like he was one at one time a leading man, a lister, like yeah. you know, best of the best, Kit Carter. And so now you get like it's it, it, he's the he's the the Dennis Eckersley. He's the
0: uh oh, so he's he, a submariner with a mustache he, he's like
2: brats. He's the Greg Smoltz of uh of of actors, right? Like You mean John Smoltz or Greg Smoltz? Yeah. I mean the, a mix of the two. John <laughs> Smoltz. <laughs> Greg Smoltz, he's my favorite. He's the John Smoltz. He, he's he he was he had a career as like a great starter and then all of a sudden he's a reliever and now all of a sudden you've got like a reliever playing this role that's just pure smoke.
1: I'm just saying he he's Pierre so Smoltz. good.
2: He's pure smelts. Yeah, Yeah, thank you.
1: And he sells a a very, very high-powerful cocaine. My cocaine,
2: my (laughs) cocaine. Is that Scarface (laughs) doing the commercial for Michael Caine? (laughs) Yeah, that is. Anyway, that's my uh, shag. Brad, what you got?
1: Uh, My snag is... Oh, shag, I'm sorry. My shag is... uh, You mentioned this earlier. We were talking about the fact that we in in this little trip, we've done a few movies that we're recording pods for, and one of them was taken. And I watched Taken with my son. I watched this with my son. And he commented, one, that he loved children of men. He was like, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. And then also he said, when we watched Taken, he's like, it's so funny that we went from this movie that had just these amazing, long shots and then all of a sudden we're watching a movie that just wants to jump like every like quarter of a second and it's just like chaos like as the cuts to to make the action scenes and in, in taken so um i'm gonna take those long shots those long shots that they do i mean some of them are like a minute long some of them are five minutes long and Quaron just does amazing job with those scenes and and while there might be i mean people get so like up in arms about what uh, about one-shots basically saying, oh, was that a real one-shot or did they did they do some little secretive splicing or this and that? It's like he doesn't say that these were all done in one just take and, like, it was all absolutely five minutes long. He admits that there's – I mean, they, they had to do some digital mani- manipulation, but it still looks
0: beautiful. But it's
3: nothing that you watch and you think –
0: Oh my god, like,
3: okay, there's the cut. Yeah, you don't what think does it about need that? to be? It's still choreographed. No matter whether right. or not there was a cut, it's still choreographed all the way through.
0: And and, and so my my shag is uh, is just his use of uh, I know I know that there was like you said, there's some digital ma- manipulation of the stuff, but I feel this movie feels very practical in most of its effects to me there's nothing super fantastical about it except for the weird like rubik's cube uh game that the kids playing at the table that jeremy mentioned earlier and i think that's that's going to be my shag it's just like you can make a fantastical futuristic movie and you don't need flying cars and you don't need like crazy like cityscapes that are obviously made on a computer somewhere you can do it very convincingly uh the way that coran did it here
3: yeah, what it's like think the most movie? realistic future movie. Yeah, totally. Because it it feels like I'm it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, my uh, go for it. <clears throat> shag. Yeah. I think my shag is is something that a lot of people don't notice, and I didn't notice it until this viewing. That because uh, you know when you watch it now, it's even harder to catch. At one point, he's wearing a, a t-shirt after he gets out of the, or um, uh, before he goes into the when he's at the school before he gets taken into the refugee camp. He's wearing a T-shirt that says London Olympics 2016. Yeah. The film was shot in 2006. So someone, costume design-wise, heard that news that London was going to get the Olympics in 2016, made a T-shirt in advance for that, and then made it look old like it had been around for 20 years. Ugh. So those are the small details, details that are all over the movie yes. that are just like little touches that you go... I, I, I did not notice that when I watched it in 2006. I finally noticed it now, but I saw why is he wearing a shirt that says 2016?
1: son brilliant. called. My son called that out, and I was like, I don't know if that's like World Cup or what, but... Like yeah, I saw like well, basically the minute
3: that that England had said we got the Olympics, the costume designer was like the same time periods said let's make a shirt that says London Olympics 2016. That's That's amazing. amazing. Five years or uh, four years in the future, whatever it was. Yeah. So that's I love that appreciation to detail for those costumes and stuff like that. That's brilliant,
0: and there and, the, and that kind of stuff, like you said, is all throughout the movie and the little details of the commercials that are playing in the background on stuff, and uh, you know the the quietest uh, thing that kind of makes its its turnaround. They never actually speak about it, but you're so, you sort of learn about it through the little kind of tidbits that get right. thrown at you while you are walking through the world with Clive Owen, which is super cool. All right, what do we snag? Did, did for they this get movie? to shag?
2: yeah I shagged michael michael oh yeah I shagged, I shagged michael, michael cain Michael and,
0: and, and popping on okay <laughs> brad what do we uh what do we say hell of a night
1: <laughs> i I'm gonna take Alfonso Cuaron. I mean, it's just like we we went through his his uh his direct all the things he's directed. he's also wrote a bunch of stuff, and it's just like the guy makes interesting movies, like whether you really like them or not and uh, his first indie movie uh that's uh, great. it's just a cool little character study on, I mean, two young boys and, a, and an older woman. And it's, 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 it's shot very well, but it was obviously done on the cheap. And then when you give him some money and he gets to really just kind of just go to work and like, say, I'm going to do some, something big versus whether, whether it's gravity or whether it's children of men, it's like this guy knows how to make movies. And so I'm, I'm all about this. Yeah,
3: it's g- a big jump to go do uh uh, Harry Potter from all that stuff too. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that shows some uh, some school level. To and and,
1: and my my family big Harry Potter fans, and uh, I'm pretty sure my wife stands on that. She loves Prisoner of Azkaban. She loves the third a, episode. She's like,
3: this is legit.
2: It's a great book. Also, I mean, I, in in the series of books, I think it's one. Of, it, it's probably my second or third favorite of the seven, but. It's also, I think, a totally. It's a unique movie, and maybe
1: it definitely is it, from the first two. Christopher Columbus, it, like it, all of a sudden, it, it changes. It feels the different. And it definitely takes it in a, a little bit different direction.
2: Yeah, I, th- think, I think three is a, is like the natural predecessor to five, six, and seven and eight. I guess it's, like it's
1: like this different. can get dark, and he's going to kind of lead you there exactly. a little bit, and just kind of almost like yeah, it like, anticipates
3: where the in
2: some ways where the book series is
1: going.
3: to Yeah, be. I think that shows us a, a strength of a director like uh, the new James Bond. I think really shows that the director had. A a lot of influence on making that more gritty and darker than the previous yeah. ones.
0: Yeah, that's that's a yeah. Which is a Absolutely. trend, which is a trend that I am in for. Like everybody talks, oh, like oh, another gritty Batman. Like, do you want to see like a silly Batman? Like, I don't. I want to see gritty, dark Batman. That's yeah. what I want to see. You like, can always go back to the Adam West classic want, if you want. I mean, but it's, I'm saying it's like still there. The, everybody, I think people tend to kind of like complain nowadays when they're like oh it's a gritty dark reimagining of but those are all my favorite movies
1: i mean my my issue when it it comes like a like anytime you have a series where the directors are going to change like i i always think of like ryan johnson with with the last jedi it's like people lost their minds and they were like some people were like this is the most incredible thing some people were like he just fucked up jj J. abrams whole like like outlook for this movie right. and and it so much that they were like fuck we got to bring jj abrams back because this shit just went off the rails and it's like that type of that type of stuff not to get too star wars nerdy but it's just like i i i enjoyed all of the series like i, I really did dig them but when you switch directors they can always take things in different in different directions and, totally. and the fan base can go ballistic if it if it goes the wrong direction in their opinion
0: so uh, i'm going to jump in so so my snag is going to be julia Moore, but not julia Moore because she's particularly amazing although she's great she's julia Moore. i think she's she's fine she's very stoic and uh very you know to the point and uh she she's 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 great she plays off clive Owen well The when she when she goes into those moments where she kind of you know they're reminiscing about their past life and she shows a little bit of emotion you're like oh look you know you know they they still have a little spark between them you know what i mean the ping pong ball thing and and all that stuff but what I'm shagging or what I'm snagging is not really her. It's that she's Julia Moore. She's in this movie. She's on the poster, and she dies 30 minutes in. I love that in movies. I love when one of the main characters unexpectedly and very quickly dies or is eliminated from the movie, and then the viewer is kind of left reeling in this space where you're like, okay, I've just lost one of the main characters. Especially because they, she's in it a, lot, a fair bit, yeah. right?
2: Like, So it's it's not like she dies 30
0: minutes in. With Anna and, and is only
2: how like she's a pretty major character for you think long. she's I mean, going to be on the invested. ride of this movie yeah.
0: exactly you're invested
2: in her just enough at the moment she dies to be pretty crushed which I like yeah well you like to you like to feel real dark and negative things so. <laughs> <Perfect for you. laughs> well Nate what's your uh, what's your show? okay so so mine is is definitely Clive Owen um, I I think that I, the, so a lot of times right the, the standard you, you know the question you ask is like could anyone else pull this off. Yeah, the answer is definitely yes. Like, it's not a role that I think like Clive Owen is uniquely suited for. It was supposed to be Leo. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, God, I like and, this and Leo would be way better if that's how it happens. I, I think I think it superstars it up too much. Uh, so, Clive so, Owen's fine, but Leo so, can do it all.
1: Yeah, I, and I think that's right.
2: There are probably even people that could do it better, but Clive Owen hits it perfect. Like for me, like you know, he does it as well as he can do it with this role, and he does it every bit as much justice as you could hope. I mean, he he's a kind of a he plays that kind of slightly sullen guy, a little bit complacent, but with just enough growing hope as he sort of sees that light and a little, and enough of his own kind of like ethical compass, right? Like you said, you know, he sort of, his he screams, you know, in the middle of it, you know, make it public, right? Like he has a, you know, he has a sort of guiding set of principles that come out once he, st- he figures out that he still cares about something. Well, this is more um,
3: important than what they're... And, and,
2: and to me, right, like Clive Owen like plays that that like walks that line really well and like progresses gr- really patiently throughout the movie in the way that he kind of plays that up so that you don't feel any kind of sense of whiplash from him coming out of that kind of like nihilism that he's in at the beginning
1: well i want to double down on you just because i just I, when when we're saying that leo was the possibility there like I, I i stand by my statement leo makes it too much of a hollywood movie and clive owen is that perfect blend of he is a absolutely 100% capable A1 Hollywood star but he's also the guy that just you ask five people on the street like who's Clive Owen I I think I know something he's been in he's he's just unknown enough that it's like he he brings that kind of like uh, anonymity to it where it's not just like oh I'm watching Leo do something
0: like they'd be like oh the guy from shootout (laughs) exactly I mean (laughs) it's say
1: what Sin City like I mean like there's there's I mean there's things you're gonna be able to pick out but it's like I just I think he's got that 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 right blend of of capable but also not too big of a star, where it's like, you're well, yeah, like I mean, if you want to make a movie, stardom.
0: if you want to make a movie for seventy-seven million dollars and
3: make seventy million dollars, then I, <laughs> that's the okay. Financially,
0: <laughs> right? it might not have been the right decision,
1: but, but I you still know, they got
3: him playing Bill Clinton right now on that new TV show. On yeah, oh, what? He, Clive Owen. He, he, Clive Owen plays Bill Clinton on the new uh, Monica Lewinsky TV show on FX. Yeah, like, really? Not so. He's okay. still relevant, still around. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. He, he he. This is the zenith this is the peak of clive owen when this movie came out where he's the leading man he has the power yeah everybody wants to see what he's doing he's in a lot of stuff but yeah after that not so much settled into character if
0: this movie financially kills it and makes a bunch of money clive owen goes on to a bunch of bigger projects right and he didn't quite yeah i mean he did stuff and he's done a bunch of stuff but nothing like you know they're not spending a hundred million dollars on clive owen movies i mean maybe with inflation
3: now but uh he doesn't look like leo you know what I mean, he doesn't have.
0: No, he doesn't. I mean, he's still a handsome
2: man. And he, probably, but... and he probably doesn't have the range, really. I mean, if we're being honest, right? Like, not, I don't mean that in like a, he doesn't have the range in, in even as an actor so much as
3: like. Well, this is at a point when he was in the talks to be the next James Bond. He was just the, before Daniel Craig. Oh, he was true. supposed to be the next James Bond. I'd forgotten that. I
0: can kind of see him as Bond, though. I think he would do a great Bond. Yeah, I think yeah. so, too.
3: I, I think, I think there's a, there's a, there's a world where Clive Owen just. I can miss the boat a little bit. Yeah. It just didn't quite happen. But he's chosen better products or or better projects as a result of that. But never became James Bond, never became Leonardo DiCaprio.
1: (laughs) The people that love Clive Owen really love Clive Owen. Well, I'm in that
3: boat because I was going to do my, uh, what's it? The the Snag. I was going to do Snag. Snack. Snack. I was going to do. Clive oh, yeah, Owen well, it's too. on you. So, what do you think, Clive Owen? Well, can I do the same as you? Yeah. Oh yeah, we, yeah. we, we, we pick Yeah, it. I was no. definitely going to do Clive Owen because I'm. You know, when I moved to Los Angeles in '97 or '98 to pursue filmmaking, one of the first films I saw was The Croupier. Did you ever see that film with him, The uh-huh. Croupier? Okay, well, that's a stream suggestion. Then it's on Netflix right now. But he plays like a down and out wannabe writer who also uh, moonlights dealer. as a casino croupier. And I never heard of him before. It came out in '96 or whatever. It's a British film. I was floored, in love with him. Thought he was awesome, and then from that moment on, I was like, Clive Owen's my dude. <laughs> I'm going to watch every Clive Owen movie.
0: You're going to need to re keep that in your head because we're going to talk about that during streaming recommendations. Because I fucking love that. I've never even Are heard you? of that movie. I oh, you never seen it. it? No, I've oh. never even heard of
3: it. It was actually so sad. Like a month ago, I went digging for it, couldn't find it. Had to watch it on YouTube, and now just recently, it's available on Netflix. Oh my god! But it's it's like one of the best like neo noir. Like it's an early 90s neo noir. Okay. Yeah. la based or no no or you know, it's in vegas uk oh really it's a uk casino yeah it's like a ah. sh- really downtrodden hey, shitty.
1: dealer if it was in america okay. dummy
3: right right you're right <laughs> and he has like, he's, he's, a, he's a wannabe crime writer he's highlighting or moonlighting as a croupier and he's got like a girlfriend from south africa it's a whole plot twist and everything it's croupier first clive Owen film as far as i know okay, leading man status
0: that sounds dope i'm in for all of that croupier all right, so Jeremy, I'm going to kick it to you first. We got to pick something that we want to get rid of, we don't like, something, something, whether it's a theme or an actor, or something that you do not like from this well, movie. I think
3: I already stated it, the opposite of my cousin. I, I think I would remove Michael Caine's character. Okay. I, don't, okay. I don't need it. I don't buy it. I, I think it gives us some levity, and like you yes. said, maybe some hope, but overall, it's just too hackneyed to me. It's, it's just too, too corny.
1: And, and again, I, I, I sound like I'm creating a cinephile out of my son, but he's just like, he's like, this is a different character for Michael Caine. I'm like, yeah, it's.
0: Like, the fact that your 14-year-old knows who Mac- Michael Caine is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's not like, oh, it's just the old dude from Batman. I'll, I'll
1: say I'm, I'm pretty blessed to have a son who's uh, uh, a sophomore in high school, and we can watch movies together, and, and, and he really likes to get down in the weeds about it, and we have some good discussions. So. Yeah, your, your I think you have son. a
3: point, though. Your son's right, though, because Michael Caine, uh, I think he's a bad actor when he's trying to be uh, goofy. Yeah. When he's doing Pull My Finger, it's just not fucking believable for Michael Kane because he's too serious all the he time. He usually has a gravitas too, about him. He's or, got gravitas. Yeah. He can't go stupid. He can't do a so, Adam Sandler. So you're saying, he should be yeah. the I think, guy oh, in the t- room. I'm going to go hot take right now. Adam Sandler has more reigns than Michael Caine. <laughs> oh my That's God. a hot take right there. That's 100% true. If you got Adam Sandler who goes from Billy Madison to uncut jobs, then Michael Kane he can't do Pull My Finger. He's not believable. He's not winning an Oscar for that. So Adam Sandler is, I'm going on take, better <laughs> actor than hot, Michael Caine. That, that is, is a hot beautiful. take right first.
0: You just hereditary the table. It just <laughs> went up flames. Right? <laughs>
3: Oh, you hear uh, that? Uh, you hear that? Uh, music? That's what we do Shit. when the hottest takes come we out. Go. We gotta get that music coming for you. We're coming, coming
0: for you. <laughs> All right.
2: Well, I'll, I'll body bag. So, so Julianne Moore and Clive Owen haven't seen each other in 20 years since the death of you know roughly since the death of their son. They've there, which they were both crushed by, and then they've now reunited in had very little time to reacquaint. It's not clear where they're at, and they're in some pretty stressful circumstances. The like casual and kind of, you know, sort of easy, semi romantic feel to their interactions and very like familiarity. I don't buy that at all.
3: Like you don't you don't buy that they were once a, a couple.
2: No, I I buy that. I just think that like if y- if you've just now seen for the first time in that long your ex. Wife, who you guys split up, presumably partly because of the death of your son, and now, like, the world, by the way, has fallen apart in that period of time. And, um, you know, now she just kind of casually gives you a little kiss on the cheek, and you guys blow Oh, they have a scene up. where <laughs> they yelled at each other, though, right? They have yeah. a scene at the bus. She says, Fuck you, you yeah, yeah, you're not the
3: only one that gets to yeah, grieve, yeah, yeah. Because get, get he that. says, Oh, I thought you handled it no, so easily.
2: I, 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 I'm not ignoring that scene, but I'm just saying the whole thing and, it, and it, it this to me fell out of out of place in sort of the way that jeremy's saying that that mike michael kane did in the sense that like there's a heaviness and a darkness that i expect out of the movie given what else is going on and there's not enough heavy there
0: like I, they, they, they force them into a too easy a re, uh, like a reunion i choose to think and this is why it doesn't bother me what you're saying nate I choose to think that it's Julianne Moore manipulating him. And she needs his help and she needs him to do these things for her for her cause. And she's like if I throw a little flirt his way, give him a little kiss, make him, you know, and, yeah. and it works right? I mean it gets him to do what she yeah. wants him to do. I, I, I choose to think that that's what's happening rather than I mean, I, they just I, happen to have this rekindling I of I like their that interpretation
3: and, and I'll, I'll, I'll take that as like a little salve but. Yeah, except that she's not flirting with him to get him to get the uh, transit paper. She only flirts with him after he's Accomplished his goal with the ping pong ball. The flirty there. takes place after he's done I, what he's supposed to do. I, I
1: think it's a director's choice because
3: well, because we wanted if she gets when murdered, she gets
1: killed, you gotta feel like if you feel like you she's feel just like more. a conniving, like mean kind of That's spirited true. person. Right. I like that. Then you don't have any care. Like the, the I mean, it's, ping pong like ball was, was
0: directly powerful. to make us feel like I like that better than yeah. my yeah. idea.
1: I think it's I think That's it's just job, a, when she gets killed, you want to feel like oh fuck. Okay, right. But
2: but uh, but I think there's a way to make her make them make the relationship make it feel like there's a lot between a lot of weight between them well there is with their son Dylan like they said it so many times once that kid died
3: they were fucking
2: but you don't feel that heaviness because like I guess part of what I'm getting at is like she would be the thing that reminded him most of that trauma and he would be the thing that reminded her most of that trauma and so like I I wanted to feel that when they got back together like in a more persistent Mm. way and I think like you could still be very sympathetic you could have them interact in a way that was very sympathetic to both of them Maybe simultaneously without having, you know, to make either one of them be manipulative or mean or shitty to the other one. Just grappling with the fact that like, oh, God, like this thing I've been trying to kind of forget is right in my face again.
3: Yeah, well, she says it like I can't. It's hard for me to look yeah, at you because yeah. your eyes are his Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, and I maybe, maybe I they know. might have fought more if she hadn't died. God. They might have had a ter- if much only more harder. Yeah. they could have fought more.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Brad, have been a bit of terrible. Relationship. What are you body
0: bagging?
1: My body bag is is movies that hit too close to home. Where it's like, I mean, we're talking about a dystopian movie, and when you can, uh, Jeremy mentioned it earlier, it's like, I mean, mentioning Ukraine, it's one of those things that it's like, you can see the fact that a situation like this could ripple into other things. And, and they, they mentioned what through the newspapers and the, in the news broadcast that you hear that there's like, there's, there's been nukes dropped.
3: A there's been, thousand day siege in Seattle. Yeah. Which happened a couple years ago. There's I mean, been some craziness year,
1: going on. And there's been like
3: a pandemic that they mentioned.
1: <laughs> anytime you start like adding those things up and it's just like, Oh man. Oh man. And you, and you, cause I think that the point is in a lot of dystopias is you never know you're really in that dystopia until you're in it. And it's like, we, we could always be in the future be like oh shit this was the start of where everything went downhill and it's and it's very easy to get into that mindset of like is are, are we just like devolving right now into like just chaos and and and, and terribleness so i, I hate I, I hate it but i also appreciate it so it's a body bag but at the same time it's like the fact that it shows it's a great movie in the sense that it makes me feel that way. So it's a, it's a body bag, but also I, I get props to.
0: We're five years out, dude. 2027. We are five <laughs> years out. You know, I
3: had the same feeling, except that like their baby stopped happening in 2009 in order for that 18 year right. to have happened. So. Dude, long COVID. I knows. think we're the, this is, are 2009 from that movie this year
1: <laughs> oh, boy so i mean idi- idiocracy of course like, everybody kind of laughs about like oh that's where we're going i mean that's that's an easy thing to say like oh yeah we are headed that direction but uh, uh but this movie really when you look at the chaos and the violence that's going down and, and that that could be possibility it's like eh, it's so scary
0: so I've got a kind of an interesting one. And my body bag, I didn't have anything. I was like, this is like a top five movie for me. I love this movie so much. And I really love how tight it is. It's quick. It's fast paced. Mm-hmm. I love everything about it. I love Jeremy's uh, body bag, Michael Caine. I love Michael Caine in it. I love Julianne Moore and their relationship, the Nate's body bag, and I really love the like super realistic dystopian future. <laughs> so I just I want to take all your guys' body bags and just like kind of fucking body bag stuff those. <laughs> them right into this right into this movie and just fucking I love it. I I, I it yeah, just deal really, with it, motherfuckers <laughs> really hit hard for me the first time that I watch it and every re- rewatch I'm just like man this movie hits so hard so I love it. What are we moving on to next, Bradley?
1: I think we're, we're streaming. I think it's time to stream, and 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 I'll start this off. Okay, we're gonna go lighthearted, but also and and I've talked about this movie before. It's just there's there's a uh, Pixar movie that dealt with a little bit of a dystopia, and and one of the most just amazing, shocking thirty five minutes of a, of opening of a movie that I've ever watched, and that's Wall-E, um, streaming on Disney Plus, like basically a silent movie, and for Pixar, a, a company that's done. Uh, uh finding nemo and 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 all these like very just child appropriate movies but also just with a lot of heart and then all of a sudden they jump into this dystopia and it's like a silent movie where it's just like and you don't get a whole lot of knowledge about it but the earth is fucked and it's
0: the first like, 30 45 minutes of that movie are just genius and just yeah perfect.
1: and i was like i mean i watched it with my again my son when he was really little we were watching it at the theater and it's like he was kind of into it but it was just like i was transfixed i was like this is not for you this is for me this is crazy like i was super into it and so this is a warning yeah as far as dystopias go i mean uh it's a great film so i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, promote wally disney plus
0: okay nathan you got it pulled up
2: i'm gonna do uh one that i just saw for the first time not too long ago and that's the road and I, I knew I needed to watch it. I had to be in a dark place and because it's a dark movie, and man, is it dark. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, be ready because it, it's it's really heavy. But it's really good, and if you want to sample a, a serious, serious dystopian future that's disconcerting, uh, it's The Road. You can watch that on Roku with ads. Who wants that, though? Uh, everyone has hoopla. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Ho- we're hooping. The hoopla, voodoo uh, with ads. T- tubby. Tubi, Tubi? Can- Tubby <laughs> Canopy it's two by. Two Tubby by. Tubby Tubby uh, Pluto TV f- with ads Flex Plex uh, IMD TV You can Man, see they've it. thrown this You can everywhere. see it on every
0: garbage platform that has yeah. a bunch of ads and, on and yeah so
2: you, and let me just throw it out that I'm guessing the ads are not going to mix well with the road. so maybe you just pop for the You
1: probably want to watch that and like watch it, it on you, Apple. you don't want it to be yeah. broken up by all of a sudden you're like Olive Garden. And and for the love of God,
2: do not buy that movie because you will never watch it again.
0: (laughs) I love Love the Road. Cormac McCarthy is my dude. I am going to recommend a TV series that I talk about constantly on the show, and that is Black Mirror. I love I'm going to say I love 70 percent of the episodes. I'd probably I'd go eighty, I think. There is a good twenty to thirty percent of the episodes that I just are garbage and not good at all. And then there's I
1: think they're all well made. Yeah, I'll, I'll some some of
0: them aren't even well made, but some but but uh, you know, a majority of them, if you just go through there's three or four seasons on there, if you just go through every episode, they're one hour long, every one they're not connected at all.
1: Would you say the one with the little robot dogs? Uh, that's one of my is, least
0: favorites. Oh, least favorite. I do not like that episode. That's I was gonna say I was gonna episode. say that's like the, the Dystopia. Heavy metal. I do not like that. Episode. Heavy metal. Oh, wow. I thought that would be your dystopia right there. Oh, dude. But, you know, like, uh, San Junipero, uh, Junipero that's, or whatever yes, it is, is one of the awesome. greatest hours of television of all time. Um, game test. I love there's so many of them. The one with, uh, Fat Damon and, uh, he's like on Star Trek, the very, fr- uh, anyways jesse plements oh, jesse jesse yeah the, the star yeah yeah, yeah. i the, call him uh, fat damon because uh, you're a very nice person yeah because <laughs> i'll never meet him and he refused to be on the pod we asked yeah,
3: him. i was just gonna say yeah, now you'll never meet him
1: <laughs> <laughs> are, are you familiar with black mirror
3: yeah of course and oh, yeah, i yeah, yeah. i you know i think uh my uh film sensibilities tend to line up with his a little yeah. bit and I'm a big fan of uh, both of those episodes, for sure.
1: What about Heavy Metal? No?
3: Heavy Metal, I hated. Yep, me too. I (laughs) like it. I barely got through it. I I like like it. God, it was, I mean. You know, it felt too much like a a gimmick. It didn't have the same intellectual smarts as some of the other episodes. Like, the the gimmick was that these dogs are, these robot dogs are hunting you down. That's a scare tactic versus like a but intellectual emotional like drive
1: the problem for me is just i those like i, I said the boston dynamics video oh yeah shit <laughs> well
3: i mean that's where it's like that's nerd, what they're it's trying very to. close yeah, yeah and, that's, and the they, dogs look the same
1: they took the boston dynamics dogs and they yeah. said what if those little motherfuckers are coming
3: after you yeah and they have guns and shit oh, <laughs> i mean that's wild. happening i mean we know that's happening it's happening <laughs> it's guaranteed to oh happen. those things
1: yeah those are the future of war and i mean that's they're yeah. just those contracts are gonna be gigantic
3: Jeremy what do you want to recommend um, I have a little obscure uh, well let me ask you this what's the difference between post-apocalyptic and dystopian are those used interchange the same so dystopian would be just
0: any future that is imagined today right but uh, post-apocalyptic but post-apocalyptic means that there was an ap- apocalypse event which would mean that and that doesn't happen in dystopia,
3: or or is it one of those things like tequila can't be tequila and this is from tequila it's like dystopian can be dystopian without an apocalypse exactly. but an apocalypse is going to be dystopian no matter what I think you're Ooh, absolutely. I, I think there you go you're a hundred percent correct? I yes. love that break. You don't Whatever. have
1: to have an apocalypse to have a dystopia, but...
3: <laughs> if you have an apocalypse, you're you gonna have, have a dystopia. dystopia. 100%. Uh, I have an old French film from the 90s, 1991. It's called uh, Delicatessen, mm-hmm. and it's a post-apocalyptic France where a butcher owns the apartment building above his shop, and just like Sweeney Todd, starts using his tenants because the world is out of food. There's no food. There's no oh food, so he's using his tenants to, uh, to sell in his butcher shop. Uh, what so, year was it? Oh, Ninety-one. It's okay. a French film. It's, it's and a dark comedy, correct? Dark comedy. Yeah, it's yeah. dark. It's de- it's so well filmed and so clever. It's very much in the style of Amelie. Okay, where some of the shots are kind of you know fun and jokey and Amelie's Brad loves Brad, that movie. Brad, I've Brad's tried to get Amelie these guys watching. You've away. got well, Brad's attention. Delicatessen is the dark Amelie. Okay, it's Amelie meets Sweeney Todd. Like nobody ever said <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, nobody ever wanted in. this, but they said sweet Todd meets Amelie. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: who's asking for this? One? It's Brad. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm I'm on board. It's a delicatessen, that's, and that's
0: and your Clive Owen dealer movie, which was called Croupier I
3: oh, man, I'm gonna have to. That's make not a dystopian, list. but it's uh, definitely yeah. a film noir.
0: I'm gonna have to make a list. These sound dope. All right, so Re-shave. what kind of reshelfing or alternate ending would we? Put on this movie. I think Brad has one that he has crafted over there. So let's kick it to Brad.
1: I do, and and I'm not sure exactly how to. I'm, I'm going to do a reshelf. So we're going to, and it's going to be kind of a different movie. So it's the same universe, but we follow. There's a matchmaking company that believes that maybe the right combination of people will lead to a pregnancy. Mm. So they're constantly mixing and matching and just paying folks to have sex with each other. This is and
0: definitely a black man. Yeah, hopes I to say. In yeah. hopes <laughs> that they'll,
1: they'll procreate. So the movie follows the life of one of these the, one of these people. It's their nine to five job, where basically they're just they're just fucking people constantly. Like that's like their job, and eventually they become kind of supportive of the the, the Fujis because like those folks are not being is it, Fujis. they call them yeah. Fuji's, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're mad fertile. I was like, it's not Lauren Hill, but it's. I was just big Lauren Hill fans. Right? Uh, but they're the, the support of the Fuji's, like, because they're not including the Fuji's in like this this service, and and so like that's how they kind of get on board with trying to support themselves.
0: Wyclef's like, what the fuck?
1: And <laughs> and so from that point, it just becomes like they kind of join into the activism of trying to support the Fuji's. I don't know if they become a, a fish or, or or what they end up doing, but but Wait, I, what I just, they become a fish. What, what did they you call, just Are said? they
0: called the fish? Yeah, the the supporters. Oh, the, the fishes. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> the uprising. I, thought you, I thought in your alternate ending they the became shape of water fish. Water becomes fish. Yes, yeah. Exactly. I was like, oh, they're different fucking
1: Mexican filmmaker.
3: Different Mexican filmmaker. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> no. So yeah, I, I don't. Excited. I don't know what direction it goes, but like, I think it would be interesting to see. Like, I mean, these. That's your job. It's like we, we. They're still holding out hope that some somebody's going to be able to procreate. Maybe we still have the right match yet, and so they're just letting people just fuck all day. And it's like that's your job. You're nine to five.
0: Dude, I love that. Um. so so my my alternate ending is the twist of the movie everything goes the same until the twist which is they are michael king gets killed the wife gets killed uh, owen is just distraught and out of his mind and then on the drive over to wherever they are going to end up he finds out that she's not pregnant and that it's all bullshit, and the 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 midwife she has and a and yeah, just whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is, he finds out that she's he finds out that she's not pregnant. She's Wait, she not showed actually, that she's, she's pregnant. She's got pregnant. indigestion. So so I, so we take that out, right? And we make it so that oh, okay. she, he like walks. In, he finds out that she's pregnant. He's like, we're gonna save the world. Blah blah blah. And then at some point, he walks in and finds out that she's not pregnant and that she's full of shit and she's just using them to like for her own means or whatever it is to, to feel important or to get to this spot or whatever it is. And then he has to kind of like grope with that and deal, deal with that. And then, you know, it kind of takes, you know, you have this whole hopeful element throughout the movie and it kind of takes that away without killing the baby. Because my other, my other one where you take the hope away is that the baby dies in childbirth. They they play
1: that for a second where that baby does not cry. cry. And
0: my wife who delivers babies for a living is like, that baby is not crying. Something is up. Although she did, she did. Oh, it or
3: something. No, no, no,
0: but when the baby first is first out, born, oh, 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 oh yeah, 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 a yeah it,
3: take it, a second.
0: But my wife, who delivers babies for a living, is like, you need. She needs to do such so, You know, she's watching this baby not move and not make any noise, and she's like, he needs to do this and this and this. I'm like, babe, he doesn't know what
3: he's doing. He's just like, <laughs> by the way, he did nothing during that scene. Yeah. He walked up and washed his hands and went push. <laughs> like, he didn't do anything. <laughs> do right. your
1: breathing techniques. Yeah, he
3: didn't do anything. <laughs> I
1: will say, good a, he didn't even do
0: that. <laughs> for a movie baby, though, like, it's a pretty practical baby. Like, it looks pretty legit, like, very skinny and dirty, and like a baby would look if you just had it in some sort well, of yeah. I was
3: also going to say, I mean, the CGI effects are unnoticeable. That, clearly, mm-hmm. that baby is CGI yep, mixed right. with some animatronics, but for that time period, it's completely unnoticeable. It, it, it's pretty yeah, solid. Never pretty know. solid totally CGI was. effects.
0: So that was my attempt to take the take the hopefulness away at the end and just leave you super bleak. like, I could do you
3: one better with taking hopefulness away.
0: Okay, well, let's let's hear it. What's your alternate yeah. ending?
3: Well, so like Clive Owen dies at the end, right? That's right. sort of like a real bummer. He's he finally had something to live for, something to sacrifice for after a mundane middleman job. So what if he doesn't get shot and he's fully alive and they're rowing the boat and the other ship comes up and they go, okay, we'll take her. And like he's just, just sitting out just sitting that little robot by himself. <laughs> well, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All that was for nothing. Oh, okay. So now I gotta I gotta roll myself back over to this fucking war yeah. zone. <laughs> well, and, 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 and if that the, ends that, like the then Jets then,
1: came in and just blew shit up. So yeah, it's like yeah. things so, are even worse.
3: So now he's just floating in a, in a yeah. <laughs> no, no land is worth going back on top of. So I almost like oh. that maybe
0: they pull up and they throw down the little rope ladder, and he's helping her get on the rope ladder. And he's like, "Thank you, thank you guys so much. We went bop. through so much." And they just shoot him in between yeah. the eyes. Or now, like they're speaking a language he doesn't
3: quite understand. Yeah, we, we don't have enough food. Right in the <laughs> the <laughs> eyes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just her
3: that. Because, yeah, well, because uh, in reality, what usefulness would he have? I mean, that's why they have to kill him. No, again, totally. Because they wouldn't invite him on the boat. It's like, and, uh, we, uh, 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 and we not we end, enough people. Yeah. We end the movie with Key clutching the
0: baby, and they're like whisking her off onto the boat, and she's screaming in agony because this dude just got murdered right in front of her. You know what I mean? And then it's like credits. <laughs> no hopes. I love that shit. <laughs> oh, God. Always take it down. We can always oh, take God, it. We can
1: always make it look more evil.
0: Nate, you got something that's going to make it happier? No, I need to go
3: watch The Office. Well, yeah. I need to. <laughs> What was Not the yet end yet. credit sequence? <laughs> the music was gonna make it happier the uh, <laughs> Always be my baby. And, and, then, then the and then end with a question mark. <laughs>
0: I almost like that. that she's like floating in the uh, water. Yeah, in yeah, no. That music comes in. She's screaming because they've just killed the, the, they just killed Clive Owen. She's freaking out. They take the baby from her arms. And then all of a sudden she like, you and I, like he starts singing. Like it just kind of like breaks oh, the third breaks wall into and into starts. Sing, yeah. And it's just like, and then on the, the Galapagos Island. And then the yeah. real Fuji's come in and start playing. And Lauren Hill's just like, you or,
1: or, or we can have the people on the boat. start. We are the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it's like kind of like a
2: 40 year old virgin ending where it's like you know just all of a sudden out of nowhere breaking into, into
0: oh a musical. man i love that i think the the sequel should be called uh like children of key right because that was her the the lady's name and then uh oh, it's and then children of
3: dylan she's naming her kid dylan oh yeah so it's children of dylan i thought
0: she was naming it bazooka
3: <laughs> oh, no, she ch- at the very end, she tasted. the and The first
1: one was like, was
3: it uh, like Floorful throw, or
1: like Fubo? Or Flubo, something? yeah. yeah it was, or, she named
0: it after a streaming service that went under in uh, 2022.
1: <laughs> She's like, that was my favorite streaming service back in the day.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you guys so much, Jeremy. Thank you so much for coming out. Oh, and oh, uh, Happy to be here, you guys. Hey, and make
2: here. sure you buy, buy a jar or 10 of... Uh, of That's uh, a case of 12. <laughs> Buy a case of twelve of Papanod Topanod. How much you how much is a jar? It's uh twelve uh twelve ninety five. Twelve ninety five. Yeah. Okay, totally so, worth it. So, your taste
1: buds will be happy.
2: Yeah, yeah. so 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 popanodtoppanod.com. Uh and if you're if you're in, in LA, uh find your way to Franklin Village, go to the Oaks. Uh if germ if the tall guy with the beautiful white beard is there, say hi, tell him you loved him on bbk Maybe
0: uh, buy a buy something from the, f- the food counter. Get a coffee. Tell point, point me to the celebs. That's right. And then you walk right out and go right over to the Scientology Center, right across the street. <laughs> that is the most insane building. So we're walking down the street, and I'm like, "What is with the Disney Prince like Palace over here? That is like right in the middle of the block." And they're like, "That's the Scientology Center." And I'm
3: like, "Holy crap! does well, not se- the celebrity center, around. That's the dude. Celebrity it's
0: so center. like it's imposing no and
3: impressive and kind of haunted looking and yeah, just crazy. crazy, dude." Same guy who built Chateau Marmont architecture. Really? really? Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful building. So you walk inside. It's beautiful. You it, it into, into it. like a 80s conference room in Iowa. Really? Yeah, it's wow. terrible for you. It's year. got like drop ceilings with like popcorn. It's really awful. It's really awful. It does Perfect. a disservice to the outside.
0: I told Brad we should go get our thetans measured. And <laughs> 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 maybe I, see if I, we can I, see Laura Prepon.
1: I was assuming that they might check our bank accounts first. And they're like, like yeah. they test like, oh, yeah, your thetans are great. And then they look at our bank account. And no. Enough. You're like,
0: we made $60 from our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: all right,
1: yeah. Th- thanks for coming. Th- it, it, it,
2: it's been, I feel like I, I can't overstate that my, my movie development and love of movies was not independent of Jeremy's. Thank you, uh, so so it was. I think it's neutral. It's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool to have you on here uh, to talk talk about a movie. We can, we'll have we'll have you back. We'll the back either again.
0: fortunate or unfortunate thing for you, Jeremy, is that you've been really good on this, and so we're going to have to <laughs> yeah. ask you back. We're gonna. Yeah, you're yeah. definitely going to have to come back, Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, I had a so great time. we are going to be back next week with a draft. We're going to do dystopian futures and uh,
1: best dystopias in film. Yeah,
0: best dystopian future in a film, and I am very excited. And I am gonna clean the floor with these fucking clowns. You know gonna, who's judging? Uh, no, but it doesn't matter because you guys don't tell me. And then after <laughs> after we do the draft, then you guys are like, oh, you didn't know this guy was the judge, and I'm like, oh, the guy that like wrote on Hunger Games or whatever it is. And I'm like, man, I should have made that pick.
1: We've got Andrew Carmody, the rewatchables from, from the rewatchables Facebook page. Facebook page,
0: yeah. Uh, My boy Jim.
1: I don't like to put those clarifiers because he's he's yeah, basically he's based part based of the, the rewatchables. rewatchables. Yeah,
2: Ringer Network. All right, yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks, guys. All right, bye bye. I
1: wanna be at that
0: place, bringing me home with my movies just to find by no reason why. I love this scene, Nick Nate. I can brag your favorite podcast. The star.